Should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. So electrified looks different for everyone. Yup, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Hey, Jim. Hey, Catherine. How's it going? I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm uh, doing fine. I mean, as well as one can be. Uh, apparently, there's just been a, a, a shelter-in-place order in the Bay Area, okay. which would be a suggestion, at least at this point, that people are not to leave their homes. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, coming on the heels of New York and L.A. within the last 24 hours, uh, closing restaurants and bars and um, leaving a lot of people with uncertainty about exactly what, if any leaving of the house is okay. Mm-hmm. And not to mention the financial uncertainties of right. everyone who works in those industries. Can I ask you a couple of things about a couple of things that I saw? And I'm just curious about, I saw like some news items and I, I'm interested to hear your take. I'll do my best. Um, I saw something that coronavirus vaccine testing began. And I thought yesterday you told me it was a year to develop the vaccine. Yeah. And so how how do what does that mean? Well, from the very beginning, they've been saying that we'll have as early as April. So this is a little earlier than expected, a, a prototype that we can start giving to people. But you don't it requires testing and it requires multiple rounds of testing and increasingly large groups of people to make sure the vaccine is safe and effective in the early stages when you're just getting a little strand of uh, viral genetic info, DNA or RNA, you put it into a person and it causes an immune response that may be, um, may be protective and may, maybe isn't, and in some cases can cause different sorts of inflammatory responses that we don't want, or even sensitize a person to make, make them more likely to contract the disease. Uh, so that, the, and that's why we needed to test them. Now, this is not to plant like widespread vaccine skepticism. I mean, the, the fact that it goes through this long testing process is why the ones that we have now are as safe as they are, but we don't just want to put a prototype out into. So it takes people. it takes a year to get a vaccine, not because it's like has to sit in a petri dish for a year or something. It's that it needs to go through a really rigorous process of testing to make sure it's safe for widespread use, and that just takes a year. Is yeah. that is yeah. that the reason it takes a year? Yeah, that's that's it. And that testing process is beginning now for coronavirus. Yeah, it sounds like that is actually starting to take place, but that does not mean that it changes anything. I mean, I think focusing on headlines like that and the administration focusing on messaging like that is really not appropriate right now. Got it. Yeah. Got it. That's really helpful, actually, because I was confused by that headline. Um, Can I ask you one more thing, though? It seems like we were talking yesterday about kind of the uncertainty of this moment being part of what's giving you anxiety is just the uncertainty of what the plan is. Mm -hmm. How are we today? We are seeing lots of people um, going to hospitals and case numbers increasing and shutdowns happening accordingly and financial collapse. It was the second worst day for the Dow in history, which I don't, I don't know. What does that mean? Right. Um, So, I don't know, and I think we've focused a lot on the stock market, but I'm as my m- medical concerns are immediately for people who work in 
these restaurants and in these gyms and in everything that's being closed down and knowing people living paycheck to paycheck and how important that is to uh, every aspect of health in terms of just knowing you have you're going to have food and a roof over your head and that you can go get health care when you need it. And if everyone's suddenly mm-hmm. financially insecure, um, what all that means. I mean, I would worry about the stock market stuff uh, uh, later, which I know is it's all one thing. But I think, I mean, in terms of the next 48 hours, what are people doing when all of a sudden their business has been ordered to be closed indefinitely? Uh, right. And I wanted, I don't know what to do about that. <sighs> um, yeah. But we know someone who does. Uh, I think we what we want to do is start bringing in other people. Um, yeah. Because we don't um, have all the answers. Certainly I have zero answers and you have some. But uh, it seems like the economic impacts are tied up with the public health ones right now so intricately that it's really, the in, in a way, the same discussion. And uh, one thing that's stopping people from staying in and taking the measures they need to protect themselves is, is just, they have to go to work. So, um, Annie Lowry has been writing about this. She's a, she's a writer here at the Atlantic and, uh, we're going to call her. Maybe she'll know. Hey, can you hear me? Oh, hi. Oh, Hey, is this Annie? This is, it's me. Hey guys. Thank you for coming to talk to us. I feel like anything that can keep me from just not like staring at Twitter panicking for like five minutes is good. Yeah. Um, Well, Annie, can you introduce yourself to whoever may be listening in? Yes. So I am Annie Lowry and I am a staff writer at The Atlantic and I have covered economic policy primarily, though not exclusively, uh, for a long time since uh, since the last recession. And uh, yeah, so now I'm, I'm covering this one really closely. So you're in San Francisco? Yeah, so I'm, I'm in Oakland at home right now. Sounds like you're going to be home for a while. Yeah, we have gotten the, the, the shelter-in-place order. looks like it's coming through. And, um, you know, the really the only times that I've been out of the house are just to walk around in the neighborhood or um, to get groceries. And, yeah, things, things have evolved really rapidly here over the last... I'd say three days, 72 hours that just everything is, is coming to a real halt here. Cause we, we right. have um, a pretty prevalent outbreak, obviously not as bad as Seattle or let alone one of the other countries, but, but it's um, we know it's out here and, and spreading in the community. It seems. Um, I mean, you covered the last recession. What are recessions usually like and why is this different? Sure. So um Normally, a recession is something that is generated internally in the economy. So we can think about the recession that followed um, the dot-com bubble collapsing. Uh, There were a bunch of um, investments that were just crummy investments, and people were counting on them coming out well. There was just like a lot of enthusiasm, irrational exuberance about the stock market. And so we needed to correct that. And then there was a lot of economic pain that came downstream. And what's different this time is that there's nothing happening in the economy. You just have like like a comet that hit. 
And Mm -hmm. in order to solve this horrible medical crisis, we need economic activity to stop. And that's really unusual. That's such a paradox. Yeah. It is. And and there's nothing more important than doing that, right? We we want to save lives. We want to sustain the healthcare system. And the economy can recover. And we can have tons of policies to help it recover. But we need everything to stop right now so that, so right. that we can get this, this health issue. And so this is such an unusual recession. And it should be really harsh and really fast. And, you know, the other thing I would note is that this is happening at a global level now. Right. So we're going to have a global recession. It's going to be really hard. How, how do we get a grip on how many people or what percentage of people in this country are uh, near-term vulnerable to housing insecurity or food insecurity? Um, I can actually look the numbers up if you want me yeah, to. Yeah, I'm just, I, I, I don't would know like them. to know. I mean, I think one of the thoughts I'm having is just... Uh, as in any uh, crisis or disaster, it it um, has a way of showing you things in starker relief that it already existed, and mm-hmm. um, I'm uh, I think this is doing the same. And I'm just in some way curious about how on the edge we were as a society. So just just pulling these numbers up, um, about forty million people live in um, food insecure households. So that's that's more than 10%. And um, one thing about those households is that there's a lot of kids in those households. Um, children are economically vulnerable, very economically vulnerable in this country, um, which, is, which is a hard thing. Um, and then in terms of housing insecurity in states across the country, um, roughly between 10 and 20% of households are considered housing insecure. What about um, people who might not be considered, um, you know, norm typically in a an insecure position, but now are suddenly without jobs at restaurants or restaurant owners or people who are suddenly out of work right now? What do they need? How do we immediately make those people feel less panicked than they must be right now? It's a great question, and this is a really, really unusual economic cataclysm. Um, it's enormously fast-moving, right? We are seeing economic activity just evaporate as if there is a hurricane going on, and it just keeps on going on day after day after day. I've I've never seen anything like it, right? Like normally, corrections and recessions they can have really intense periods, but this is right. We're we're literally just watching the economy grind to a halt in huge parts of of um, American financial life, and so. Um, we are going to need many like layered policies to help people. So an immediate moratorium on evictions is going to be really important. Um, Other countries have suspended mortgage payments and things like utility payments for the period of crisis. Because if you're not working, you're not getting a paycheck, you're not going to be able to pay that. So they're saying to utility companies, just keep everybody's lights on, keep everybody's water on. Um, you can suspend mortgage payments. Um, rent, it's a little bit harder. Um, but that gets to the kind of next piece, which is that we are going to need some kind of, and I don't know that we'll get it, but we need some kind of cash stimulus to families. So one idea that's gaining momentum is just sending everybody a $1,000 check um, you know, per person yeah, or per Romney household. Just, uh 
Romney just, yeah. Romney just said he's behind that? Yes, he supports that. Ooh. And I think um, that that is, is a really smart proposal for, you know, don't try to solve everybody's problems, give them resources to solve their own problems. And then we'll probably also need pretty significant aid to businesses. So businesses are going to be forced to lay workers off. And so we want to expand the unemployment insurance program and things like food stamps just to get families cash and help them out. And then we're going to have to help those businesses probably with very low interest rate loans um, and possibly other policies. So you need you need kind of like a complicated set of, of responsive economic policies to come into place really fast. And um, that is hopefully what is happening in, in Congress. But I think there's a lot of concern that it's going to be too slow and too small. Wow. I can't believe you just uh, get ha- you just came forward with a, a comprehensive plan uh, like that. That was very <laughs> well done. I, do you know, has any of this been promised to people? I'm, wor- I'm worried about people panicking. And when when you get give an order to to businesses that you must shut down are people are states saying in the same breath don't worry this bailout is coming or actually passing stuff already or are there or is everyone living in in limbo wondering uh if this sort of reassurance is on the way or not um i think this is a place where we are really failing in the public communication um Other countries have um, promised their workers and their businesses that there will be massive support um, and that they can go ahead and obey um, these orders because because they're going to they're going to have a lot of support on the other side. So, for instance, again, um, Italy, we've suspended mortgage payments. Don't don't worry about that. Number of European countries have said your utilities are staying on. You don't have to pay your utilities. Um, they have said, we are going to finance workers' paychecks up to 75% through the unemployment system. And we are going to make sure that, that workers who have like gig work who normally wouldn't be covered, like we're going to cover them too. And, um, how fast were they able to do these things? Like how long did it take other countries to get this together? They have parliamentary systems, so these things tend to happen way faster. And European countries tend to have much stronger social insurance programs anyway. And so it was kind of an easier lift for them. And we have this this kind of, you know, we have a Congress and you need agreement and it's and it's slower. But I think that, you know, if I, I think that there's a real sense of urgency right now, they are putting packages together. Just in real time, you are seeing them say, oh, man, this needs to be big. I think that they're really understanding that we need to take these crazy public health measures to to help protect lives urgently. And and so um, I would hope that soon you have, you know, President Trump and Secretary Mnuchin and all the leaders from Congress coming out and saying, hey, like this is going to be really hard, but we're going to get through it and we're going to do everything we can with all the resources we can to, to save lives and, and then to help save businesses and make sure that families aren't too badly affected by this. From what I can tell, Trump just said he just did say the thing of this is going to be really hard. And that's kind of a first time that he's really said that. But he also said it would last till July or August. And that sent the, the stock market you know, just crashing down 1,200 points. Uh, and, and so uh, what we need to hear now 
is if you're going to drop that sort of statement, it has to be accompanied with reassurance of exactly what you're going to do, or at least promises that everyone is going to have a place to go and a roof over their head and food. And uh, that's what I'm not hearing. And it sounds like it, it can take a little while for that policy to actually exist, but you need to be hearing from authorities in the same breath like, yes, you have to close your restaurant, your gym, your water park indefinitely, but we are going to take care of you. And ideally, if there's some trust there to build on that foundation, that would be good. But if you don't also say that at the same time, then we are just going to have chaos and panic, even more so than mm-hmm. we already are. Um, right. And, and, and I think that if you could assure people this is going to be tough. This is going to be a hard couple months, but we're going to help you that it might help with those public health measures to get people to stop going to work, to shut their right. businesses down. So it's almost like a, like a wartime mobilization, right? Like we're all in this together and we're going to do it. Yeah. Um, but we're kind of a go it alone country and we don't have strong social insurance programs and we have a very polarized sclerotic Congress, but we do, we have the resources. <laughs> it's just hard to access them sometimes. Right. Can I ask you two quick questions and then we're going to let you go. Um, Is there any, it sounds like this is much worse and more confusing, uh, more catastrophic than the 2008 recession. Is that right? So I think ultimately um, it will just be very different. Different. Um, Okay. There's no reason that this should be anything like that in terms of extended job losses and people losing their houses. I mean, it was a big recession complicated by a financial crisis. And hopefully, fingers crossed, if we get the economic policy right, this is going to be horrible and sharp and and quick. And I think that we're not going to we're not going to do this perfectly and there's a real risk of them really undershooting and that's going to cause a lot of downstream economic pain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. That's that. That's sort of both reassuring and not reassuring in the sense that it sounds like overall what you're saying is there are ways to make this less catastrophic, and we know what those ways are. They just have to be done. Yeah, I think that we don't. We've not in the United States, um, to my knowledge, dealt with this kind of like, all right, everything shuts down, and then we're going to deal with a recession. On right. you know, it's it's very unusual in that sense. Um, and I think that before we didn't didn't perhaps have the knowledge and the public health mobilization to do this kind of you know this this um, really radical thing that we're doing to to hopefully right. save lives. So it sounds like it's primarily not a matter of like information and strategy, but a matter of will at this point. Yeah, at least on the economic side, um, we don't need new. We don't you know it's not like we're we're at a loss for how to fight this recession. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for that. Uh, I yeah. feel more, a little more reassured. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Catherine's super reassured. Personally. <laughs> um, no, I like. I think we're finally starting to get realistic about the the challenges before us, at least. And it's not just like there. There was a lot of media coverage, kind of just being like, "How difficult is it to work from home?" Versus like, "No, people are going to be." out of homes and jobs and uh, we'll need food and shelter. And that's the level of catastrophic scenarios we need to immediately be thinking about preventing right now. And then, yeah. uh, Yeah. Okay. Last question. 
the the Dow just closed and it had its second worst day in history. Yeah. Um, and you had written maybe a, about a week ago, don't just ignore financial, for the average person, like ignore financial news and don't touch anything. Um, does yep. that still stand? Yeah, it does. So if you um, need your money that's currently tied up in the stock market in the near term, you probably want to go talk to a fee-only financial advisor about what you should do. But if you are on any kind of longer horizon, you can just stick to your plan and ignore this. Um, you can just not look. So I, you know, in my group text with my friends, I I told people they should make a commitment not to look at their 401ks for a year or two years. Just don't look, wow. right? <laughs> um, just forget mm-hmm. about it. And so the issue is that people panic and they pull their money out of the market and put it in cash. And there's two issues with that. So one is that the the we're already in a bear market. We're already down more than 20%. So you've already lost 20% of your value. And and you know, you you don't want to be pulling the money out when everybody else is pulling it out. And the second is that it's really hard to know when to put it back in. So mm-hmm. even if you have mm-hmm. panic sold and now you have cash, like are you gonna be able to figure out when when is a good time to buy? And right. so if you are on any kind of long-term time horizon volatility in the market is just part of being in the market. It is part of holding investments. You can just not look, just don't look. And that's really, I think that's really helpful. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's helpful though. You are remarkably coherent and calm. Yeah. (laughs) I'm very scared. Okay. (laughs) I'm really scared. I, I also think that, you know, the thing that I am finding hard is, in in a couple of weeks, it seems like we're all maybe going to know a family that lost somebody or somebody who got really sick, yeah. and it's going to be so scary. And I don't I don't know anybody personally right now, um, but I, it looks like we're going there. And right now, yeah, it feels like oh, work from home, and like how are we going to save restaurants and stuff? And and we're going to get to I think a really painful part um, where we're going to have a lot of communal loss and. Um, so I'm like, I can, I can think about the econ part of it. And that's the, you know, that's the really painful part that I'm like, man, I just really hope that we, we can reduce the number of people who get it and and give us time to get better medical solutions. And man, it's, it's really scary out there. It's really awful. Thank you so much, Annie. And, uh, really good it. luck with sheltering in place. I, don't, I hope you have, um, fun activities. <laughs> yeah. You guys too. You guys too. Um, and I hope everybody just gets to watch some good movies and we're going to get through it. <laughs> we'll get through we it. Will, okay. Um, we'll do our best. Yeah. Thanks yeah, so much. Yeah. Cool. Bye. Bye. Just one quick thing. We would like to, if anyone is listening to this and finding this helpful in any way, or, um, would like us to try to find things out or answer questions. I wanted to mention that we have ways to connect to us. Um, We have a phone number where you can leave a voicemail. It's 202-642-6487. 202-642-6487. You can leave a voicemail there. Um, Just know that by leaving a voicemail, we may play it on the podcast. And then we have an email too. It's uh, socialdistance at theatlantic.com. All right. Thanks, Jim. Good luck out there. Uh, I guess we'll talk tomorrow. Or I don't right. know what we'll do tomorrow. We'll do. We'll probably do something tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Bye, Catherine. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks a lot. Bye. 
So, should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander, or we could do something in between like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So, Toyota is electrified diversified? Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's beyond zero vision for the future. Exactly how much coffee have you had this morning? Learn more about our beyond zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyond zero.